you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's almost over, it's just begun. Don't overthink this, look in my eye. Don't be scared, don't be shy. Come on in, the water's fine. You say the ocean's rising like I give a shit. You say the whole world's ending, honey, it already did. You're not gonna slow it, heaven knows you tried. Got it good, now get inside. We're going to go where everybody knows, everybody knows, everybody knows. We're going to go where everybody knows, everybody knows. All right, we're back. Um, and this week we are uh, now Michi and me. Quentin, how have you been? <laughs> um, I'm alright. The restaurant business is very busy, but uh, I spend my free time watching playoff basketball and uh, reading manga. I, I caught up on what is currently a 208-page manga in two days. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Or 208 chapters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's even more. Um, <laughs> Jesus, man. Well... Hey, if uh, I guess if you're enjoying it, right? You're, uh, it's just yeah, you get enough. like sucked in. You get you get sucked into that kind of stuff, and like it's only um like uh fifteen pages, and then like a couple of the pages are like there's like the cover and the back cover, so it's like really like thirteen pages, maybe twelve sometimes. Like so, it really, it really it's really not taking that long to do that. Sure, sure. Well, still, um. Yeah, I mean, nothing too interesting going on over here. Just getting ready for summer. Um, oh. But uh, some news in wrestling, nothing too... Not a lot since we last recorded, really. Uh, biggest thing, I guess, would be Leo Rush retiring. Did you see this one? Yeah. Uh, that was weird. Like, yeah. I thought he was... Wasn't, what like. You made it seem like he was signed to like New Japan or something like that. He is. So like I thought it was so th- he assigned to New Japan. Yeah, he even said it in his retirement. He said due to con con ah, ah what can I say contractual obligations, he's gonna finish out New Japan strong, right? I think that that was actually probably covering up for the fact that uh, that there's stuff that's already taped for New Japan strong that they're probably still gonna release. Possibly is what he meant by that, but he said like after he comes back from his injury so maybe it's not that maybe he actually is going to have to wrestle a little bit once he comes back from injury but yeah i mean he he even said contractual obligations he has to new japan um so and that he was uh possibly going to sign with uh with aew as well so (laughs) yeah but uh second time i wonder what made yeah like what made him retire again (laughs) i I, I mean, I would guess it's just like, yeah, he got injured, you know? So he's like, well, I'm getting injured. I was already... He already wanted to retire. He kind of got talked back into it. And now he even said about, like, being able to pick up his, you know, his newborn and all this stuff. So probably just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. It's pretty crazy to think, though. This guy has had quite the career, right? I mean, <laughs> pretty uh up and down and all over the place. Going from, like... Being one of the hot young, hottest, fastest rising rookies, everyone was talking about him within like 
a year of him debuting, he was like one of the buzzy top guys. And this was before that was happening as much as it is now. Um, signed to WWE pretty quickly as well. And uh, in and out of WWE and now already <laughs> retiring from wrestling. I mean, something else. Um, but yeah. I mean, like he, like his, um, his, um, uh, his return hasn't been great. His post WWE run hasn't been great. We, everyone that's watched him is suddenly says has noticed that there is something off with Leo, which is a shame because we know how good Leo was at one point during his at one point during his pretty short career, um. So it was disappointing to see him in post WWE and not really have anything of note. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess he, his, his heart his heart wasn't in it, and I think that's a, that that's something that showed in his wrestling. The same thing that you can say about a about an ACH right now that you no, know, we've we've seen ACH as a best in the world level guy in years past, and his heart just isn't in it right now. And if your heart isn't in it, then it's hard to keep continuing. Treading your wheels, even if you're making good money and you're a sought after name, like a Leo Rush is, who's sought after by New Japan and AEW and that kind of stuff. But if your heart isn't in it, then your your heart just isn't in it. Yeah, it's something else. It is. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with New Japan now, because he. I mean, even if he couldn't get over to New Japan right now, he was going to probably be an important part of their. Junior division, which, I mean, when we talk about, I guess, ugh, I don't even know if we were going to talk about it, but, um, yeah, yeah, I guess we were with the junior, uh, heavyweight title match on the recent show and like the post match and the challenges and plus the junior tag team titles, everything all being like tied up between like the same three or four guys, uh, definitely could have used a fresh junior in the division for new Japan. And now he's gone. It's kind of like, well, who is, who do you see as someone that they could bring in even to kind of fill that role now for new Japan as like someone that they might build around. Cause now they have got Hiromu out, right? That's a big deal for them. Kushida obviously left a while ago and Osprey Shingo both have had a, you know, moved up to heavyweight. So it is kind of like, damn. And then, and then like other people, um, who've come back like really haven't been anything um what's the junior what's the junior that came back Kawato yeah Kawato like Kawato coming yeah. back and he's not really a factor he's looks like he's destined to be like a lower card comedy roster filler guy for the re- for the rest of his tenure there yeah exactly and even the people that do eventually like come back like Ren Narita like Will Ren Narita be a game-changing junior? No, like, Shota Yumino's probably gonna go up and be a heavyweight and all that kind of stuff. Like, the junior, the future of, like, New Japan juniors, and we'll talk about that when we get to the top three from Dominion, but it's just not very promising and in a company where the direction just isn't very promising right now. No. I mean, they've got one, like positive that came out of the show when we talk about it basically the main event and then everything else it's kind of feels a little bit bleak so yeah um other news story that i wanted to point out zach Ryder, matt cardona shows up in gcw after working a relatively long 
angle on Twitter between Nick Gage and, and uh, Matt Cardona. Did you see this debut? Yeah. Hasn't Gage been calling out Matt Cardona? It's been like a... Some, I don't know how it started. I just started the same as you. I kind of only have seen the Gage side of it. But I do understand from what I can tell that it started with Matt Cardona possibly saying something about Gage at some point somewhere. And then Nick Gage started saying, I don't even know who this guy is. Someone told me it's Zack Ryder, but you know, he can come and find me this and that. So yeah, Gage has been calling him out on Twitter constantly for on, on the, on the, Bre- on the, on the Brett Lauderdale Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On Brett Lauderdale's Nick Gage Twitter, um, constantly. And then he, yeah, he shows up and teases that it's, a. Uh, that it's John Moxley, which is kind of odd because it seemed like they already were building for the Nick Gage John Moxley thing, so I don't know why you would tease that. Um, I also don't know how anyone would fall for it because he did not look like John Moxley. Like the way he was moving around was so ridiculous. Like I got, I guess it's kind of tough when you're wearing an all black suit with a hood to like subtly try to play like you're be doing the John Moxley's movements, but uh, but it was over the top so much that it looked like a joke. Um, but yeah, he, uh, hits him with the death rider, takes off the hood and gets pretty solid heat. Um, everyone's praising this angle. Everyone's making a big deal about it. My takeaway from it really was more just like bummed that this is where we're at. The GCW is this level where someone like Zack Ryder, like, I'm not even like hating on him or the situation. Like, well, I'm kind of hating on the situation. Cause I think it's a bummer that like, yeah, GCW is at this level where a, flamed out wwe guy if they don't make it in uh aew like gcw is a relatively reasonable place for them to be and uh gcw sucks so it's just a bummer but uh yeah Yeah, especially especially a guy that like hasn't done anything post wwe either it's not like he's this sought after commodity that's been lighting the world on fire like man have you seen these Zack Ryder matches He's just, he's, that's literally just it. He's just an XWWE guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's tough because there was a time where I thought he was decent. Um, and obviously there was a time where he was really over. But yeah, this is about it. And it's just, what are you going to do? Um, good news, maybe bad execution. A lot of people seem to be pretty negative on this. But uh, Andrade debuted in AEW. Um, Andrade L-E-L-E-D-L-O. Uh, La Sombra, former La Sombra. Um, did you see the debut? Did you see the angle and all that? Yeah, I did. I mean, I think that the Vicky thing, they'll eventually move away from it. I think that acting like this is like something that's going to like affect him is like overanalyzing the situation, though. Like, this is a guy that as soon as you give him 10, 15 minutes on TV or give him one of the big AEW talents that he's going to go out there and tear and tear the house down. And he'll probably be a, a, a ratings, uh, a ratings draw and all that kind of stuff. I think that people definitely saw that and I get it. Like we want everything involving Andrade to be completely perfect. Uh, this even goes back to his NXT debut and everyone being like, oh, uh, <laughs> why, like, 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 why is his entrance like this yeah. and all this stuff? Like, I think we have a tendency to overanalyze Andrade instead of just letting him go out there and 
prove. I think he's a I think he's a prove guy. He's a show and prove. Yes. And I, I think that this will that this this won't matter in a month. This segment will not matter in a month after Andrade. Maybe they hold off on him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when they're gonna have him uh, get get in the ring. But by the time that dude actually goes out there and wrestles, this this will not matter at all. One hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you, because that was exactly what I was gonna say. I was hearing so much stuff about the angle, but to me, reviewing or opinions on the angle doesn't really matter because this is a in the ring guy Andrade has always been an in the ring guy I mean he's got a lot of charisma and honestly he's gotten really good at cutting promos even in English um but uh but it's it's when he gets in the ring that's when it's gonna matter and uh, I thought it was fucking crazy and I don't know maybe you remember better than I do but I remember La Sombra being a big deal <laughs> Like being really good when he was a luchador before he'd even come into WWE, being like a lot of people right. talking a, a lot about how great of a wrestler he was, even before. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I just thought it was crazy because I heard Meltzer—I hate to call out Meltzer all the time—but Meltzer saying like implying like, oh, you know, Andrade is can be one of the better workers, but he's not going to outwork like Ray Phoenix. And I'm just like, based, oh, on, no. based on what? <laughs> he is way better than Phoenix. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was, that was fucking shocking to me because I'm like, okay. No, no, like, pe- people that watch Lucha know, like, La Sombra was way better than most, than mostly anything Phoenix has ever done. Yeah. And I like, and I, and I like Phoenix. I enjoy Phoenix. But even just with La Sombra, there's stuff that he, there's stuff that he did there that's better than anything Phoenix has ever done. And that's not even if you want to go into Andrade's WWE stuff, like him versus Gargano or him versus Tommy End and or his Rey Mysterio matches. No, Andrade is one of the best workers in the world. Yeah. The problem is, and this was going to happen, he was in a company where he didn't get to be that on a consistent basis. He's never been somewhere where he got to be that on a consistent basis. CMLL hides people in trios matches. And you, the, you rarely, you rarely ever get these big, ma- these big matches and these, and these big gratifying payoffs as to really, to really show somebody off. Um, WWE, same thing. Despite all this TV, t- all, all this TV time, they w- they never really got behind Andrade in a way that would give him meaningful time to go out there and get over and have the match that he's capable of. AEW, seeing the value that he has post WWE, if he goes out there and gets to do this shit like. Let him even do half the shit Darby Allen got to do. That dude is gonna be one of the biggest stars in the company. It's a matter. It's a matter of giving him the platform to do it. Ray Phoenix. Is, Ray Phoenix consistently is gonna platform to do it. Andrade. The only thing is he's never gotten a consistent platform there. But yeah, this that idea that he's not better than Phoenix is fucking. That's batshit insane. Yeah, it was crazy to me because like you know I. I've never been a huge Lucha guy, but I remember seeing and, and hearing, seeing the matches and hearing a lot about La Sombra when he was you know, early on and then when he was you know, wrestling more and more and then like in New Japan and like, oh yeah, this guy was like really fucking good. And it's just like, it's like, I guess maybe just forgetting all of that and only thinking about his recent WWE run. It's like, but that's, that's, you know, you have to be smart enough to know that that's like handcuffs. Like you're being yeah, held back like that, in like, WWE. Like, yeah, like that's like that's like ju- that's like judging and like that's like one of my least favorite things is uh, when people like judge um, young basketball players that come into the league and they'll say stuff like, 
he has great stats, but they're empty stats because the team's not winning, right? Yeah. Now, the problem with that is the rest of the team fucking sucks. <laughs> like, a good a good example of this is Trey Young. Trey Young, the last two, the two first, his first two seasons, he's been good. His, his, his season last year, fucking incredible. Like, 28, 28 points per game, uh, was like second or third in the league in assists, had, was pre- had pretty high rebounding. Really good, really good player. But people will point to them and be like, oh, well, his stats are empty because the team sucks. But not acknowledge the fact that Trey Young's best, second best player got popped for performing as, got popped for performance enhancing drugs and missed 25 games. So yeah, the team isn't as good, but the second best player also missed 25 games and the rest of the team sucks. Now the dude has a better team around him and better pieces and people that can shoot the ball and score. It's like, oh man, Trey Young, where'd this come from? He's been this good this whole time. You weirdos just get mad at young, at young talent for the rest of their team not being good. And then their, and then their effort, their stats suddenly don't mean anything. I think, I think it's a similar thing here where how are you going to be mad at somebody for not producing in WWE? If we looked at John Moxley's WWE resume, man, I'll, I'll tell you, his WWE res- resume is not as good as a Sombra's if we're, if we're being totally honest here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we're go- like, he had the Shield matches, right. But if we're really looking at, man, what are the great singles Dean Ambrose matches from WWE during his, during his tenure there, you're not going to get that many of them. Andrade in his time there had better matches than John Moxley did. And we see where Moxley is now. So what makes you think Andrade can't do the same thing? Yeah, especially, like I said, he's got a history. that It's not it's not Zack Ryder, who we don't have anything also to base it off of to say, well, outside of here, he can do Andrade. Andrade, maybe. Uh, Andrade, depending on who you ask, and WWE, WWE does polls like this and all this stuff all the time, they might get voted the best NXT match ever. Andrade versus Gargano. Oh, yeah. People still try to say that's the best WWE match of all time. Yes. There are people who and truly like, believe I don't, that, and, I'm, and I don't even think that's that's that that's insane. Like that's the like that's the level of talent that we're talking about here. Yeah. And you're gonna tell me that this guy can't come in and be on the same level as Ray, Ray Phoenix. fucking Phoenix? I know. Of all the people on the fucking planet, I don't understand having this weird obsession with Ray Phoenix. But uh, yeah, yeah, there are. But there are people. Not it's not just Meltzer. There's other people as well who really fucking go ape shit for Ray Phoenix, and I just. I won't say that I. There, there's 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 people that legitimately think that like Phoenix is like the sleeper best wrestler in the world. Yes, there are tons of people who who think. And that. honest to God, if you think that that if you think the highly of Phoenix, I would love to know what you think of Andrade. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. So yeah. So again, I think we're both on the same page with Andrade and AEW. This is a wait and see just because the debut didn't really matter as much as the matches are going to matter yeah like people, people like i said people overanalyze andrade like let him go out there and wrestle like you see darby is a ratings draw because of why they darby doesn't fucking talk yeah he, darby doesn't talk he does his neat videos and uh and he wrestles darby d- darby had darby does his, does his skating videos he says like six words <laughs> maybe and he goes up there and has kick-ass matches Leave Andrade alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are weird. <laughs> they really are. Um, the other one, more of a, or another story, local story here for me. I don't even know if you've seen it, but uh, unfortunately, the uh, 
the <laughs> mayor of Huntington Beach, the Huntington Beach bad boy, has oh, uh, decided oh, no. to retire <laughs> early from his political career and has stepped down from the uh, Huntington Beach um, uh, City Council. Of course, Tito Ortiz stepping away from politics. Did you see any of this? Yeah, I did. They must have found. They must have found the money. Something. I don't know. You think? Do you think that's it? Do you think it's that he's going to go back to fight? Or no, I I I think that they're like he must have been like he was some like whistleblow some whistleblower or whatever. <laughs> like I, you know what? I could yeah. see that. I could also see him maybe seeing the writing is on the wall in that like he was kind of just going to be like a Trump kind of guy, like the same kind of like in that political lane, and he's kind of seeing okay maybe yeah. maybe Trumpism is over, um, and it's better to just get out of here before they do find anything. But you're right that he could have they could have found something too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's too bad. I was really excited for constant stupid shit coming out of Orange County about Tito Ortiz. Um, he didn't even get to be the mayor. He was going to be, he was going to be the mayor of, uh, Huntington Beach, but, uh, unfortunately it didn't come to pass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just a <laughs> little political news here from Southern California. Um, well, I'm going to talk about- I can't, I can't, I can't wait for, I, I can't wait for Chuck Liddell's, uh- Yeah. <laughs> eventual congress run this is, yeah i mean you know what from all all the stories that you hear chuck seems like he's supposed to be a pretty good guy but uh but maybe not <laughs> not all there although who fucking is it what are we gonna do we're gonna like we're gonna get we're gonna get chuck we're gonna get chuck liddell randy couture <laughs> uh ken Sh- ken shamrock yeah. uh matt hughes <laughs> and we're just gonna yeah all, all. Let's start start an MMA guys party. Nice. Is Big Country still around, or did he die? Um, he lo- <laughs> he's alive. He's alive. Someone passed away. I forgot who it was a while ago. Um, there was Kim- think it was Kimbo. No, 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 no. It was some uh, fucking some guy who like died out in the woods. It was I can't remember who it was. Um, a, a fighter died out in the yeah, woods. Yeah, it was a few years back. Um, but um, yeah, I can't remember who it was. Um, either way, so we're going to talk about the kind of the top matches from the two big shows that happened this past week in Japan, um, the New Japan Dominion and the Cyber Agent Cyber Fight Festival. Um, actually, do they call the wrestling division Cyber Fight explicitly? I'm not sure. I think they might. Either way, um, which show do you want to, or do you care to start on one show or the other? Um, I don't. I don't care. Like, I guess um, let's get New Japan out the way. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you watched the opening matches. I don't even think I did. Um. Yeah, I just, I just watched the three. I just watched the top three. Yeah. Um. Why would Jay? Would Jay? Was Jay White on the card? I don't believe so. Uh, I I I, I nope. found that interesting. Well, yeah, I found that very interesting. Yeah, no Jay White and still no um, Finley, so they're both out. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, juice, juice either only. Oh yeah, juice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this card, this card is thin. Chase, yeah, Chase Owens, El El Fantasmo, um. Zach and Jeff Cobb, the only non-Japanese people on uh, on the on the card. Well, yeah, and El Desperado, right? He's a luchador. Um, 
Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I guess start out with that junior heavyweight title match. It is interesting because there is like uh, no, um, not a lot of foreigners, and the ones who are on the show are have been full time in Japan for a while. It seems Zach has been in Japan for a while. Um, must be why. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Zach lives in Japan. I'm pretty sure Zach lives in Japan. It must be at this point. Um, still having trouble finding his phone because it's uh, next week. It'll be a year since the last time he tweeted. I, I, um, <laughs> just he just can't find that damn phone. Yeah, it's very. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, El Desperado versus Yo, junior heavyweight title. Um, Yo, Yo fucking sucks. Yeah, but Despy fucking rocks. So I mean, this match yeah. wasn't great, but. At least Despy, like I feel bad because Despy is like finally getting his spot, and he's he's get, he, he's he's getting his run during like what you could call like a New Japan Dark Age, yeah. Kinda, no, kinda. like it's, like and it's and it's terrible because it sucks because like his um the best I, I haven't seen it yet, but like apparently like the best of the Super Juniors match with um with Hiromu was with Hiromu from yeah. from the end of 2020 was like was like was like really great I like I really liked him versus Ibushi like Despy's awesome anyone that's watched for a while like knows that knows that Despy's awesome he just never has gotten the chances and it sucks that this um coinciding with this kind of dark period for New Japan right now well and it's you know we've I talked about it a little bit before we even started. It's like it's a dark period for New Japan as a whole, and New Japan has always been pretty bad about focusing on the juniors. I mean, there was even that time period, talked about it before, where like Kenny Omega, Kushida were like having repeatedly having the best matches on the shows, and they were the junior matches, and people weren't even paying attention or noticing them. Um, and like now, now we're in a dark period for New Japan as a whole. On top of their not focusing on the juniors, so I mean, his title run—he's not getting great matchups. He doesn't really have too many, you know, top opponents to face. So he's getting stuff like this. But yeah, it's a bummer because I think, I think when they were young lions, I was kind of in the Yo camp. I thought Yo was ah, I think I'm trying to remember how I really felt when they were young lions. I do know that by the time that they were in in, um. ROH, I thought that Yo had a chance of being able to catch up to show, but since then, it was it was it was, it was a legitimate like divide. But like you know, at that point in time, it was like who like who do you who do you think is better, Show or Yo? And then eventually, like David Finley and Jay White came around and all that yeah, kind yeah. of shit. And it's like, but like specifically between Show and Yo, there was a real thing. But but like who's better, Show uh, Show Show Tanaka or Yohei Kamatsu? And Yohei, Yo's the one that got the best of the Super Juniors spot that year and all that stuff. And it seemed like he was the one that New Japan was more behind. And then, like I thought would happen, I think I thought Sho was just always the more charismatic of the two. And I think that charisma then translated and carried over while Sho's in-ring work got better. And Yo never really improved. Yeah. And... It sucks because I, I like Yo. I really do. I want. I want to like the dude. I want to see him do well. But ever since the return, he's just he's just not a very memorable guy. Yeah, yeah, and like, like you know, again, there's not much going on in the junior division at all, anyways. Um, unfortunately, so he's not. It's not like he's even going to have any big matches or anything interesting. But yeah, you know, this is the title match here. Like I said, I thought Despy's work was good. He tried to 
have a story in here. He did some decent leg selling stuff and, and some leg attacks and things like that. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Who's, how are you really going to care that yeah. much about this match? You know? Um, yeah. Like it really is just like, all right, well, Despy was good in it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the takeaway. Um, follow that up. Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. People were ranting and raving about the, the or the chemistry that these two have from some, tag team matchups that they've had recently and stuff like that recently people were going crazy for this match and that's not to say that i uh thought the match was bad but i thought that people were really overblowing it if this was like a good execution of that chemistry because i thought that they were they were good together and i enjoyed the match but i don't know i'm not seeing like you know this is a rivalry that i want to see a ton of matches from them or anything I thought Cobb. I thought Cobb looked very motivated here. Sure. I think that's part of it. Is that Cobb looked like, okay, hell yeah, this is like a really cool opportunity for me. And you know, a lot of criticism of Jeff Cobb is how, um, I guess you never really see any kind of like change in demeanor or personality from him. He's always kind of like the same way. And I thought Cobb was noticeably very a lot more aggressive and petty here. And Facing Abushi, that's always a good thing. And like I like Abushi's defiance in the face of this big, strong monster in Cobb. But I mainly liked it because I think that Abushi brought a side out of Cobb that we don't always get to see, even as a heel. Which heel Cobb is infinitely better than than baby than babyface Cobb. But even with heel Cobb, he's not necessarily mean. Here, I thought he was very mean, very aggressive, very brutal with Abushi. So if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, oh shit, Jeff Cobb, where'd that come from? I can totally see why this match and like the chemistry would have surprised you. I liked it. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was really good. I kind of thought Jeff Cobb would win. But then but then when you see what happens later on and everything, it makes sense why Abushi would win. But in my head I'm like, oh okay, Osprey's out, so they need to do something with Cobb. I thought Cobb would have gotten would have gotten um, the scalp here, but hey, like Abushi won, and it, ma- and it makes sense why. I mean, even with what they do, I think that Cobb probably should have won here. Um, I mean, I think that Cobb, Cobb, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that uh, like Cobb could have won, and because Shingo spent so long calling out Abushi during the during the year that he could have still called Abushi out. Yeah, and you've already got the history of a pretty solid match uh, at the Tokyo Dome between Cobb and. Shingo, so you know that they could have a good match. So, a win here sets him up where you could see him challenging for the title relatively soon. And then you've also, yeah, you can go to Ibushi and Shingo just whenever you want because Shingo clearly has something to prove um, with Ibushi. So, yeah, I would have gone with the Cobb win here. Um, that said, yeah, I can definitely see what you're talking about, about the aggression from Cobb, but I just didn't... Like I said, I didn't. This, to me, this didn't come across like an epic rivalry. Um... It didn't come, and that's kind of the way that I thought people were presenting it. Like these two were like, yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of like you know they just have this like insane off the charts like chemistry with each other. And um, I thought Ibushi took some some gnarly bumps for him, obviously doing like the um, the big F five was really cool. And uh, but I mean, I mean, I guess it was the story of the match, and especially because Ibushi's winning, you want to. Uh, you want to try to make Cobb look good, but it did feel like there was a lot of dead man, not dead man selling, but there was just a lot of time where Ibushi was selling for long, long periods of time. Um, and his selling has gotten a lot better than it ever was in the past. Um, 
but still, I just, yeah, it's, for me, I liked some of the opening stuff, but even that, it was kind of like a little bit too, I don't know, it's just a little bit too over the top the way Ibushi is presented in this setting. Like, I just feel like he should, like, sell, I don't know, there's something about his selling that I just didn't appreciate because it was like, he sell his ass off for long periods of time, but then at times where I felt like he should sell a little bit more about, like, the size and power difference, he doesn't. So it's like he'll spend a long time selling a bunch of moves, but then if they have like a stand-up strike exchange, he doesn't like sell as if Cobb is much stronger than him at strikes, which is like silly to me. Like I just, I think that he could have sold less throughout, but then picked better spots to sell bigger to show off like Cobb's power. Um, So I just kind of, that kind of, that kind of irks me a little bit, I think, because you have a pretty... A pretty basic dynamic that I can see, you know, you can see the size and power difference. It's pretty obvious, but you don't really show me that um, in the in the way that you put the match together. So, you know, but I mean, again, I, I definitely really enjoyed the match. Um, I Like I said, though, I probably, I don't know if you necessarily said or just that you expected it, but I would have went with the Cobb win here and, yeah, built something moving forward with him. But maybe they thought that that would be too predictable. I don't know. And, and, I, and I guess this, this still like this still kind of elevates Cobb. He went out there and had a competitive match with Kota Ibushi. So like, I guess in a way, in a way that still elevates him. But yeah, they, it just struck me how odd it was to, to see just Cobb and Okan together. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not sure if you, I'm not sure I'm not sure if you had that same. Yeah, feeling. definitely. It doesn't. I mean, obviously, Osprey was the main focus of the of the faction, but it's like B's gone, Osprey's gone. And then now they're just, it's just them and they just, there isn't like a, there isn't like cohesion to it. And it doesn't, I won't say it doesn't feel like a main event stable now, but it, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't even really feel like a stable. So we'll see if maybe they add somebody else in. Um, But I don't know, it's kind of tough. Like maybe Jay White would be the, the, but then that would just be too, I don't know, feel a little bit too obvious. I don't know what they do. If they if they if they if they cared about the tag division like like Okan and Cobb is a pretty would be a, would be a pretty interesting tag team. Definitely. But you also but you also kind of need both of those guys more than ever right now in like singles capacities too. Yeah. So like the the, the roster is in a really weird space right now. Definitely, it's definitely a tough situation for them right now. And yeah, I'm just trying to think like, what do you could they put Zach with them? I mean, Zach, Zach, Zach leave uh, Suzuki Goon, yeah. and Lee and lead them. That would involve them actually actually seeing something in Zach. That's true, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, like it feels like they kind of do. It feels like Dangerous Techers is meant to be something. Um, I mean, it's a tag thing, so I don't know. I just because it's just tough to think like who can who can they really bring in because they're not really doesn't seem like they're really bringing people in. I'll I'll always say that, like, when Zach got to do shit, the Japanese audience liked him a lot. They still do, yeah. Like I said, I mean, Dangerous Techers is over. Like, you can't argue that Dangerous Techers is over. He's a very very unique guy. He's a very interesting style. I think that's part of why Shibata set out. Shibata had a completely different style. And not to say that Zach and Shibata wrestled the same way. But I thought I think that that was part of some of Zach's appeal in New Japan. And people saw him and was like, "Oh shit, this is different. This guy like is a wrestler, wrestler." Okay, 
really I'm, I'm into I'm into that. Like I think that Zach still has that appeal that he could tap into. It's just a matter of New Japan wanting to do something with that. Yeah. Well, here's something that I just just kind of crossed my mind, and I don't know if it would make sense or matter, but um, Filthy Tom just because uh, he does a weekly podcast with Brian Alvarez, right? Um, and he mentioned that this this right now he's doing a a quarantine for the PFL because he's doing some PFL fights. Um, but he was even mentioning like this is oh this is the last time I'm gonna do have to do this quarantine, and was really implying like he's not going to be fighting anymore. Um, so to me, that really did kind of sound like something's going on with him in New Japan full time. That was my initial assumption. So I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in New Japan. So honestly, I mean, I've talked about it in the past, but the team filthy showing up in New Japan, I think would be a breath of fresh air for the company in a lot of ways. Um, because I mean, even Suzuki Goon is kind of being turned face like, El Desperado, obviously, people are really starting to enjoy him in the juniors. And then Dangerous Techers, like I said, they're getting over. So you kind of, if you could have a Team Filthy come in and basically take over for United Empire as the heel stable, uh, would probably be, yeah, like a big breath of fresh air for the, the company. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see something like that happen relatively soon. That'd be, that'd be interesting. I think... Again, like Tom is in that same mold of guys who just wrestle completely differently than what is on the roster. So that wouldn't hurt. But really with this Shingo with uh Shingo um what getting getting the getting the belt now, like I think that they should like, you know, we'll, we can we can get to that yeah. in a second, but they should just get go full on fucking weird, just start doing shit. If Shingo retains versus Ibushi Fucking do Shingo versus Ishii. Like, like just go, like, do, like, go, just do shit with the intention of, all right, fuck it. Like, we're not in uh, uh, the best position right now. The guy that we were putting, putting um all this faith into, we just kind of up and left, and we don't really know what's going on. So, fuck it. Like, let's just, like, let's just wing it. I, like, there's, there's really all you, can, all you can do at this point. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's uh, probably for the best. That's really what they should do. But we can... Do you want to get into the main event? You want to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah Okada yeah, versus Shingo. Um, I mean, give your thoughts. What did you think? It was good. Um, if I'm being honest, I think it's probably the least of their matches that I've, that they've had so far. Sadly, um, I feel like Okada show. I feel like Okada was definitely better than like than than you've seen him recently. Shingo showed up, but it just didn't click the same way. There wasn't that same level of vitriol and pettiness that there that there has been between them in the past. So everything mechan- mechanically is great. Everything looks great, but yeah, I, I think I think their previous matches were better. Um, I think I said I think I said last week when we did the show that I thought that Shingo would win. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and obviously I'm Gato, so I can predict of course. the future of New, of, of, New, of New Japan booking. But I thought that was a pretty obvious call uh, based on Okada's trajectory. And they're not New Japan's not dumb. They clearly already liked Shingo, and they see how popular and over Shingo is already. So I thought Shingo winning was a pretty easy call. But I think the the interesting part comes now. That now Shingo has the belt. 
the match was good. He beat Okada in the title match. That's a pretty big thing for him. Even though this, even if this all came by accident, this, this is where we are now. I think everything now gets more interesting because I feel like if there's a guy that I trust in an in-ring capacity, a promo capacity or whatever, to steady this ship in a turbulent time, I would trust Shingo. And I think with what's available on the roster right now, he's going to face Ibushi. Jay White, we'll see what's up with Jay White, but he's a never champion, so he'll come back around eventually. His LIG stablemates, Sonata and Naito, they're still there. I do imagine that I think we'll see Shingo versus Naito. Um, but I think the interest, the interesting part does come now with how will, um, how will they, uh, use Shingo now with him, with him as the world champ? Because I do think Shingo is the, is the guy to study everything right now. Yeah, I think that Shingo is definitely a really great call for them to, yeah, like, kind of be a solid foundation for them. I think you've got a guy who's got decades of, you know, just consistency in ring on top of, like, almost never being out injured. Um, Wrestling night after night for, yeah, almost 20 years, basically. Um, So definitely a guy that you can count on. Uh, I think workhorse kind of guy. And... Like, someone who the crowd obviously loves, does well. You know, it's really tough to talk about box office stuff right now. But, I mean, there was definitely signs that he was drawing. So, not someone that you have to, like, worry too much about that. And you can really throw him in there with anyone and you're going to get solid matches. Um, that said, you're talking about the oh, this match. Yeah, it was not their best match. Um, and I do think that, like... Going to the money clip over and over again, I get it because Shingo was the guy that he first beat with it, helped get the move over. There's that history; it makes sense on paper, but it was also it did the hold didn't really get over <laughs> like huge. Like it, it became kind of a thing, and people pointed out and they dislike it, um, and it just kind of drags stuff down. Not terrible, but not the best. You know, the other thing too is it, it, it also about say it also kind of like um, it becomes an issue when. Um, Okada's used the Rainmaker right already this year, so like when he goes back to the money clip, it's like okay, like I understood. I even defend the story, like I like I like that's the reason why the money clip thing happened and why it was actually a good thing that they did it. Like I'm a firm defender in that, but at the same time, you did the Rainmaker like this whole thing. The audiences are dumb. They've seen that this thing really wasn't getting you victories or really wasn't being treated like this supreme threat why are you still using this as the main move here and i get it to protect it somewhat i don't think you necessarily you necessarily you don't necessarily want to give shingo a rainmaker kick out at this right right now i understand that kind of stuff um but you could even um i guess you you could even give shingo like more like rainmaker reversals sure i guess yeah easily um Shingo, I mean, obviously Shingo is really good at the that whole thing, the the reversals and the the you know the the New Japan dance stuff. You could really, honestly, the thing that people talk about with the like choreographed and the and the counters back and forth dancing stuff that was the New Japan style. I mean, that was like 
a Dragon Gate thing way before it was a New Japan thing, you know, like totally, totally. So it's really funny the way it's become synonymous with New Japan. Um, But the other thing too is, I mean, I don't know. I could have sworn I heard something about uh, Okada being one of the people who got COVID. And, but even on top of that, like he's not been wrestling a lot. Like, so it's just kind of like, yeah, he was definitely not, on his game here completely but then in some ways as you said like he did seem like taking he's taken time off and maybe some of the bumps and bruises are a little bit better than they have been um so it was kind of interesting because he's kind of in some ways seems better than he has been recently and then in other ways seemed a little bit off um because he just hasn't been in there mechanically um so yeah i mean again definitely not their best match definitely not like the best shingo match you're gonna see but but definitely you know Again, I think the right choice for sure. And I think we can definitely start seeing kind of riding the ship in New Japan. Because as I said, this is like the bright spot. This is the only, this is really the only positive that New Japan has going for them right now. Is they put the belt on Shingo who, I mean, a, a you know, a friend of mine who I went to PWG shows with messaged me like, oh, goddamn Shingo, you know, and I was like, oh shit, you know, what happened? I didn't see the match yet, you know. Oh, you know, then we talked, I watched it, and oh, and he was saying, like, oh, like, you showed me Shingo first, and he's been one of my guys ever since, you know, and this is someone who, you know, watches wrestling here and there, goes to, goes to PWG, ROH, stuff like that, but, like, Shingo's been a guy that stood out for him, you know, and there's a lot of people that are like that, a lot of people who have seen Shingo here and there, there's people who are only fans of Shingo from New Japan, which is crazy to think, right? But all of those, yeah, but yeah, but like he's but he, but he's been the best guy in New Japan since he's gone there. Yeah, so those people still are like, there's people. This is like, it's almost like Ishii winning the title. It's not quite there, but in some ways it kind of is. Yeah, this, this 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 is like if Ishii won it in 2015. Yes, exactly. So there's a lot of people who like this was their guy and they kind of never saw this coming. So it gives a lot of goodwill to a certain fan base. And as you were talking about it, like, oh, you know, this guy can study the ship. He can have matches with anyone and they're like, you can throw him in there. But one thing, I mean, would it not, it wouldn't be crazy. It wouldn't be a terrible idea. I would actually like to see if New Japan opened up stuff a little bit more, took some notes from all the other wrestling companies now who seem to be more and more open to stuff. And if they brought in some outside challengers for Shingo and just let him show off, like I said, that he can wrestle with anybody. Like, I think that that would honestly be a boon for them right now. If they, could you imagine if they brought in like Okabayashi and just had like a Shingo Okabayashi main event New Japan title match? Like, I think that people would go fucking crazy for it. So it's just like they could do stuff like that to make this Shingo title run seem like something special and something different. And actually get maybe a little bit of buzz in the company. Or like, you know, dip, dip your toes in and like, if you want to really, you know talk about the forbidden door like hey you know why not grab like you know aw i don't i'm not sure how big their presence is in japan in japan right now definitely not as big as wwe's but if that door if that door is open like why not bring someone over that the japanese audience is is familiar with why don't you do shingo versus moxley like yeah like stuff like stuff like stuff like that like in this point in time where new japan is in the beginning of june and and in their usual, I think they're not going to go to their usual schedule because of the, because of the Olympics. So it's going to be back back to back to an October G one, right? right? Right. So like we're looking at the G one as a few is a few months away, and 
all that we still don't really know what Japan's situation is with COVID. Hopefully, it'll it'll have cleared up in the next few months in the in the um in, in the disgruntled ro- roster. You got you got to you got to figure things out. I mean, I guess would it be now the time to go all the way with Sonata and all this kind of stuff? But I think Shingo here, even if this is a last minute thing, an emer- an emergency hatch they had to open, that. Shingo is the guy that needs to be the champion right now. He absolutely needs to be the champion right now. And I think that I think that he'll do a great job. I think this is uh the biggest load that Shingo's had to carry ever. No, and he's been Dreamgate champion. He's been all he's been all this, but right now this is the biggest load that Shingo's had to carry. And I have no reason to think that Shingo can't de- like won't deliver in be what New Japan needs him to be right now, which is be the reason that people want to watch want to watch these streams and want to come to these shows. And yeah, the brand sells, but the wrestlers sell too. And I think that Shing, I think that Shingo can be a guy that that help that helps out a lot here. There's there's money here, like Shingo versus Naito. There there's yeah. there is real money in that. Yeah, there's still a ton of fresh matchups for him, even just within the New Japan roster. But yeah, I mean. If you bring in AEW guys, if you bring in people from other companies in Japan that they're willing to work with, I think you can also have some... There's still a lot there that could definitely help freshen things up and kind of get get people's attention. But when it comes down to it, it's because everyone wants to see Shingo wrestle everyone. You know, like that's been... It's been a long time of that, that people have been excited about the idea of basically Shingo versus anyone because he can make a match work with anybody. So... Yeah, he's definitely the perfect guy to be the champion right now. Um, so that's New Japan. <laughs> like I said, that basically that's the main event there, and Shingo winning the title was is the thing that they've got going for them right now. Um, we'll just see where they uh, where they head from there. Um, follow that up. We've got Cyber Fight Festival, uh, the big kind of co-branded show between. Uh, DDT, Noah, Tokyo Joshi Pro, and uh, Basara, correct? Um, was there any other brands? I guess that's it, um, technically. Um, long show. <laughs> lots and lots of matches. I get it. It's Saitama, Saitama Super Arena, so this is like you know, a big show. This is, like a, this is, a, this is a, a special occasion. Definitely. They did a good amount of crossover, having, you know... People from different promotions wrestle maybe a little bit more than I expected. Um, the the uh, I kind of like the way that they did the the setup for that where it was um, they had the the they had the Noah guys on the underneath matches win most of their most of the kind of interpromotional matches, um, and then they kind of ran up a lead to then have the the big top of the card the DDT wrestlers win um which it makes sense you know ddt to me i mean ddt is the bigger company right so their top guys probably need to win of course more than their their lower guys can take the losses and then get the wins back bigger at the, at the top um but yeah like i said just talk about the the top four matches primarily was there anything from the undercard that you wanted to shout out in particular um um, uh, Momone Seishun, uh, they um, Seishun tag, uh, Katoge and Harada and, uh, 
team with a, in, in O'Hara versus Stinger was good. Um, damn, the Damnation tag versus 37 Kamina and Chris Brooks, a six-man tag. That, that, that was really fun. Um, and I thought the best match on the show actually was um, the 12-man tag. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Uh, okay, if you want to talk about that, feel free, because I, I did watch it. Yeah, I th- yeah. Yeah, I thought that was the best match on the show. Um, Sanchiro Takagi, um, usually you know doing all the comedy and uh, and fun and funny stuff, but I really like this the way they built this with the rivalry between him and Kano, and Kano being super serious and everything we know about Takagi, and this being the DDT versus Noah match, like the defend the definitive one. And I thought this was wrestled like it. It was really aggressive, really mean. The Kano and Takagi interactions were super, were really brutal. Um, I thought I thought this was really good. This gave, uh, you know, it gave me the interpromotional energy that I like. I like the extra uh, flair and tension and uh, energy that these interpromotional tags and rivalries bring. And this was the match on the show that most exemplified that. And for that, this, this, this is probably my favorite match on the show. Yeah, I um, I definitely agree with you. I think that they they set it up perfectly um, by having Congo be the um, the 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 heels basically, and just you know they don't want any of the fooling the foolishness, the comedy, the bullshit going on. Um, so then you get the DDT army being like bringing like comedy and a little bit of goofiness, but at the same time like there was a good mix you had even the serious ddt wrestlers like mixing in a little bit of lighthearted comedy when they normally wouldn't but then also stuff like uh takagi still like being pretty violent and aggressive against kano as you mentioned so it was definitely a great mix um and yeah uh congo are fucking phenomenal heels against a ddt team who you know want to be fun and entertaining for the fans you know so perfect perfect setup there and yeah the rivalry between companies felt felt like legitimate felt like a the actual like real um how do you put it like uh aggression and, and violence because you're trying to like prove your brand and, and yeah just yeah solid really great match and i could definitely see for entertainment value um for the kind of work of not just working the crowd, but also like some of the physical physicality I could definitely see. And like 12 man tag. There's a lot of fucking people in this match and everybody got some shine. Everybody got some spots. You know what I mean? A lot, a lot, a lot of a lot of good, a lot of good people. The, uh, the Sakaguchi and 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 Kano interactions that we got, you know, getting some, uh, getting some, uh, um, some Higuchi and so, and Soya, like we like the, some, some interactions here were, were really well thought out and delivered. Yeah. So there was, yeah, there was definitely a, like, everyone got a chance to show off. Um, you know, everyone got to do something. It wasn't just like rushed through. Um, <laughs> the stuff with the referee and the bear trap was just so silly. Like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Like it was just, a, it was, again, it was such a great mix of just like fun, funny, goofy but then yeah like heated rivalry actual aggressive violence and and this like shitty heels that you just don't like there's just nothing redeeming about the heels the whole way through so yeah solid great match and i could definitely see this being your match of the night especially because um 
you know, the top, top matches did not necessarily deliver. Um, <laughs> you know, not, they weren't terrible, um, but the main event was, you know, what it was. Um, I might go with this next tag team match, 37 Kamina versus uh, Kitomiya and uh, Inamura as my match of the night, maybe. Um, I would have to, I'd have to rewatch everything because I didn't watch everything on the undercard. But uh, I thought that this was phenomenal. Um, my biggest kind of takeaway here is that Kiyomiya would be a lot better off in DDT full time. <laughs> like he, Kiyomiya, like he, he, he looked real comfortable. Yes. In, in there, in there with Takashita. Yeah, with Takashita and with Ueno, like he was, he did not miss a step with them, and they're both really fucking good. And it's just like, damn, like, uh, uh, he, he's good, but at the same time, like, especially especially with Takashita, I'm like, oh yeah, like. Yeah, Takashita like makes wrestlers from other companies look, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> like, right. like, gee, like, like Jesus, like this is another like, like professional, like professional company, like a long ten year company. And granted, this isn't the Noah of two thousand two thousand four or anything. But it's like, oh wow, Takashita, like, <laughs> but, he, but he's a world class guy. He's like a best in the world level guy. Right. Like even Yuki Ueno, like Yuki Ueno, like you know, a, a more recent, a more a more recent one. But he's like you know, another like. Best in best in the world level guy, and Kiyomi definitely looked like he belonged in there with them. But you still saw like the levels yes. there. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I just I'm just like God damn because Kiyomi has had such a rough go of it. Really, it feels like in Noah, um, and it's just seeing this. I'm fucking just like, God, fucking Muto. He would be so much better off in in DDT. Like he just really would be because he would fit in better. He's got more of the DDT look and vibe. He just. Mm-hmm. He could wrestle with people who were better and it would make him look better um, or he would maybe it would make him get better. So, yeah, I just I really enjoyed this. There was a lot of great back and forth. Inamura was actually pretty good in here, too. I mean, he was the least of the four, but but he served his his role well and hit his big spots and played his the power. guy. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a big he's a big fun guy. Yeah, He was serviceable for his, for what he did. But yeah, and I thought it was pretty interesting that Ueno gets the win and gets the win on uh, Kiyomiya, I would not have uh, predicted that being the finish, the way that it went. But you went, you went, you went, you went owes the money right now. I guess it's true. You know, you man, you the guy that, like, he like he's the guy that. Okay, like, cause him and Takashita, I think he's him and Takashita, like, even like the same age, or he might be a little older than Takashita, but like, they're of the same class. They're of yeah. the same generation. Yeah, Takashita so just like now past everybody. Early on, yeah. So now that like Ueno's put it together, he he's he's the he's the money right now. So they're gonna they're trying to like get him to where he needs to be. Uh, and that moonsault, I mean the the finished moonsault that he hit was fucking beautiful. Like hit the BME and he, halfway across the ring. I mean it was like perfect. It looked so good and like that he went that far off of a BME style moonsault was pretty impressive. So yeah, I mean and he had a lot of a lot of really cool dives um, in the match, but that one you know for the finish obviously stands out. Um. Uh, Tokyo, or was it Princess of Princess title? Um, Miyu Yamashita versus Yuki Sakaguchi. Um, I thought Miyu was really good in here, but Yuki Sakaguchi to me is just phenomenal. Um, just such an amazing all-around wrestler. Um, you know, I've talked about it in the times that she's shown up in AEW, but it's just it's crazy to me that they don't. They haven't tried harder to keep her more full time in AEW. I don't know. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you. Yeah, um, Sakazaki is one of the few people on the Tokyo Joshi Pro roster that like can hang with Miyu. 
we've 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 seen it in the we've seen it in the past with them, but she's one of the only women on the roster where when I when I saw when I saw this card, I was like, oh yeah, like this can be awesome. This could rule because Sakazaki can actually hang with Miu, and Miu has you has that ability to just completely overshadow somebody if they're not if they're not on her level. And I feel like uh, Yuka Sakazaki, she brings something different and unique to the table. So I thought I thought I thought this was a really good pairing. It's been a good pairing in the past. A, c- a couple clunky moments, but still, I, I really I really I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I thought this was phenomenal. I thought yeah, Sakazaki uh, offense was great. Her selling is great. Bunch of really cool big moves, and then just amazing charisma personality. So yeah, to me, she just star power flies off the page. Someone who yeah, like should definitely be focused on the fucking superplex onto the apron was nuts yeah that was wild i was, was like that? <laughs> i was sitting there like doing something else like what the hell yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah with the mad is it the magic girl splash um that she does it's always like fucking crazy to me um just when she yeah she yeah she like she flies across yeah, the yeah man i mean she's just something else um and yeah miyu obviously um phenomenal but i just sakazaki really stood out in this match so yeah for you to say that miyu like can normally eat people up or whatever like sakazaki definitely stood stood up to her here um then we get to the main event <laughs> uh junakiyama versus harashima for the kod open weight title um what did you think of this one this was good. I wanted it to be better. Um, you know, two super smart workers, veterans that could really know to put a really know the structure and put a match together. And it, it, they did that. They did that well here. I, I enjoy stuff about it. I this was a match that really definitively felt like there. It was putting Junakiyama over. Like Junakiyama is a force, and it felt like how relatively easily he was handling Harashima. Um. But I, but I wish the match itself was better or gave me something a little bit more memorable to take a, to take a, to take away from it. Um, I'm interested to see what the end goal is here with Junakiyama. I imagine it's Takashita and Takashita and, and June have had good great chemistry in the past together, so I'm not even really worried about that. But yeah, this this match I was excited for. I wanted to see, and it just felt like it didn't exactly get to the heights in which I like wanted to see it get to i can definitely see that for sure um i think that the presentation of june has been pretty interesting um especially since he's won the title he's been very dominant as you've said or as you mentioned there like really just taking it to um harashima here and the thing that the thing from that that stands out to me still is that like june june's kind of since he's been obviously positioned as a main event player in ddt um, the only person who's really been able to do anything other than kind of get mostly manhandled by him was uh, the um, the match with Higuchi, the, the first match um, in the King of DDT. And so I just wonder, like, it just makes me think, like, there's got to be something to that. But, the, you know, they obviously they already had the match um, and him eventually losing to Takashita probably makes the most sense in the booking. Um, as where they end up going but it does make me wonder like what are they what is the plan for him 
because he's presented so super strong. You've really only ever had him like get manhandled once. And then he already kind of won. He already kind of avenged that loss. So it would be like, Oh, okay. You could do suck. Like, um, Sakaguchi has, or why am I saying Sakaguchi? Uh, Higuchi has, uh, has his number, but you've already kind of gotten rid of that. So, I mean, you talked about Ueno and him being the money. I mean, they could go to Ueno and have him beat um, June at some point when, if, if he loses the universal title and then eventually goes to June. Um, I don't know if that would make more sense than Takashita. Because it does seem like the end goal has got to be that Ueno gets the, the KOD title, right? You would think with the way that they're pushing him. But you could also do Takashita yeah. and Ueno and do like a interstable kind of thing so i don't know but uh but yeah i'm with you i, I think I, th- I think eventually that should be yeah i think that the goal here for ddt is to get to a, a real big uena versus takashita match yeah so i guess it just depends on who they want to be the one to beat june and you've already had takashita lo- lose to june twice right or is, is it three times even yeah i think it's twice i think it's twice um, so you probably want to have Takashita beat him, um, but and then have Ueno go from there probably would be what makes the most sense. But I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I just uh, it's very odd because because uh, June has uh, has been presented insanely strong. Um, but you know that's not a bad thing, and he's good at in his role, but uh, just very dominant. Um, Solid match. I'm with you. Definitely was kind of hoping or praying for something a little bit better than this. And they just never really got there. But the match was really good. Um, but just kind of basic. Didn't really have anything special that really stood out to me. Um, and it sucks because this felt like it was supposed to be a big show, big deal thing. And then your main events kind of just ended up being like underwhelming. I'll say that the actual main event here kind of wasn't very good. I don't know. What did you think of uh, Marafuji versus? I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, I don't really. Do you really want to talk about it? Not much. I don't really care about the match, but the booking, the finish. What the fuck? After all of that, I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, all, all of that just to go back to Namichi Marafuji. It's, it's wild, man. Like it's 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 baffling. We talked about like. Kiyomiya just getting completely fucking derailed from seeming like he was supposed to be the next dude guy. like what is the point of it that's like that's like completely antithetical to how wrestling should work like yeah. like Namichi Marafuji is a however many times GT heavyweight champion like the longest tenure guy other than Sagira and Ogawa on the roster like all this stuff like this guy is accomplished enough in Noah. Why is he the one to win this match and beat the legendary Keiji Muto? Yeah, I mean, what is he? Is he is, is, is he the only is he the only, is he the only one that Muto would agree to lose to? Like, I don't understand. Like, even that doesn't make any sense. Like, why? Why wouldn't Mara Fuji of all the fucking people in the world is the like would be the? I don't know. I guess that's weird to think about now because I guess comparatively, who else in Noah? is like a bigger deal. It'd be more I wouldn't shot me I wouldn't shot me if it was a thing where he would only was cool losing to Marafuji. Yeah, I guess he would be the biggest like name in the company. God damn. It's just so fucking stupid. They 
I would have rather they had just done the like dream that everyone had where Jun Akiyama and Mudo just wrestle each other for title for title and have June win, honestly. Um, yeah. It would have been better at this point, like as far as I'm concerned, because at least it would be something interesting. This is just like so but, nothing. But this, but, but, this is the perpe- but this is the perpetual problem that like these wrestling companies, or definitely like the the no the Noahs and all Japan's are facing right now, is there's nothing interesting for them to do. Like, I guess you like you have Suama versus Jake Lee, and Jake Lee probably wins that match, and they've been building Jake Lee for a little bit. But like, this is a problem that the that these companies face, in that they just are 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 creatively bankrupt because they also can't get anybody and they're also not great at developing new people either right so yeah like here we are bro yeah we're gonna get kento versus suama for what what for the umpteenth time we're gonna go back to naomichi marafuji as the gc heavyweight champion let me see how many times uh marafuji this is the fourth time fourth ghc run i remember commentary mentioning it but i double checked so yeah, let me see. Um, this is his fourth GHC title run. Yeah, the the last time he held it was um twenty so was was a uh, was in was in twenty sixteen. Yeah, and he like stepped um, away and said that there was too much pressure being the top guy in Noah or something, and he didn't feel up to the task anymore. And then he just beats fucking Muda. Like I know that that was a while ago. And supposedly, you know what I mean? Impossible. Yeah, but still, but like the reason why it's been so fucking long is because he shouldn't be having the belt in the first place because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help anything. This stuff doesn't help anything. Marafuji being the champion doesn't accomplish shit. It's. I, you, I have not. You have, Ka- mo- you have Kaito Kiyomiya. How, why did Kiyomiya not beat this guy? Why did he lose to him twice? Like why did uh? But it, I mean, it it does. It's weird because it's the same thing. Like Takashita, Takashita lost to June twice, right? We've already mentioned that a little bit earlier. But Takashita doesn't feel like that just completely derailed him. Like yes, he was more established than Kiyomiya was after losing to Muda twice. Mudo twice, but like Takashita lost to June twice, and he still feels like actually the top guy in, in DDT, right? Or like you know. The ace of the company. Kiyomiya has never felt like the top guy in Noah. That's never. the thing. Yeah. Like, he's never he's never gotten a prolonged period to feel like the top guy in Noah, which is fucking stupid. I don't care if you think he's ready or not. You need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... I've been pretty down on the Mudo title run the entire time from the beginning. I thought it was a bad choice. But perfectly honest like him being the champion might be slightly better than marafuji being the champion at this point because at least it's something even if it's infuriating it's something but yeah like marafuji being the champion is just nothing it's like just so unimportant i it's you're not like pissed off about it you're not like what the fuck are they thinking and uh, supposedly kento or mudo is like getting fucking box office and people are like you know buying tickets to see mudo's champion like supposedly this has been a success in draw that's what people say i don't believe it because it's fucking yeah mudo, okay but here's so- the thing like here's the thing like even if that's true right which i won't even take away from because mudo is a big star yeah but mudo also historically the, has you, had- you, you use someone's you use someone's uh 
popularity to prop someone else up as a new star. Right. You don't do it for Namichi fucking Marufuji. I don't even buy that it's a box office draw, though, because, like, the top guys like Mudo get fucking... They, like... Their runs end up becoming, like, money laundering schemes. Where money marks buy tickets that don't even fucking... Nobody sits in the seats just to buy the tickets so it makes it look good. Like, stuff like that happens in Japan with guys like this. So I don't even know if it... You know, I mean, I guess they make the money either way, but... Yeah, I don't even know if I believe that it's really a box office draw necessarily, but yeah, you should be using it to get somebody over. And they didn't. They did it they they got nothing out of it. So <laughs> Marafuji, uh, yeah. Again, I think I would have rather I honestly would have rather Mudo just won this match. I kind of thought that he would, especially when June won. I was like, "Oh, okay, they're just going to go with Yo, like, no, no, like, there's no way. There's no way yeah. Marafuji would be the one to win here." Yeah, but there's what they and they Noah, Noah keeps uh, you know they they keep they, they keep proving proving me wrong here on these things. Like, yeah. No, we're 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 willing to do we, the stupid thing. Uh, we will shoot our own dick off. Do not tempt us. Yeah, <laughs> really, <laughs> that is like, <laughs> they are like we will do it. <laughs> it's insane. And Mudo did a fucking moonsault on top of everything. Yeah. <laughs> he retired the moonsault and he did it here, and it was nothing. It was pointless. It was honestly not bad. He actually hit a pretty solid. Mar- Mar- Marfuji sold it really yeah. well. Like he sold his stomach like death. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just what the fuck? Why? Why? Everything that you could possibly do wrong, they did. Because yeah, like he retired the fucking moonsault. Like even on top of everything, it's like carny bullshit going back on the stipulation and doing the moonsault, and then he still loses. What was the point? And again, this doesn't get Marafuji <laughs> over. There's nothing that you can do to make Marafuji a bigger name, a bigger star. There was outside of him not like wrestling in Noah, he's not going to be more well known. This was such He's not gonna be more well known in Noah. Like yeah. this was a Noah title match. Marafuji has been in Noah since fucking two thousand one or some yeah. shit. Like what like if you if you were aware of Noah, you already knew who Marafuji yeah, you know was. Who Marafuji and even is. if you're new to Noah, you're aware of who Namichi Marafuji yes. is. This is not there was no there's no getting Marafuji over more. He's at the level that he's at. He didn't need to fucking kick out of a moonsault. He didn't need to beat Mudo for the title. This does absolutely nothing for him. So yeah, like I said, it's almost I almost would have rather that fucking Mudo just won here and then you could maybe build to some. But as you said, I mean, maybe this is the only person that he would lose to, which is sickening to think about, but it's probably true. Ah, uh, Quentin, I think we got to get out of here before I get <laughs> too much more upset and annoyed. This I mean, it doesn't matter. It's, it's fucking <laughs> Noah. This night if nothing else was just like a major like fucking proof 100% proof positive DDT is a bigger company DDT matters more you know what I mean Noah is really just an afterthought and they even let them have like the main event spot and have their title match go on last and you still come out of it like again it looks like DDT is the company that matters and Noah is just like this hanger on promotion. They should start doing DDT versus Basara fucking feud. Or not DDT. They should start doing Noah versus Basara interpromotional feud. That would be like the best way to really show just what level Noah actually is at. 
but, but you know, I had I had this thought though that like for the level Noah is at, and for him for that matter, Tokyo Joshi Pro it's like you know maybe more of these shows, obviously not as long, but like maybe more of these shows is is like what would be like the best thing for all these companies under this um cyber agent umbrella, you know, this like just. Doing doing shows like this where you only have the best people or the most important matches that you're building between the three companies on these big on these on these big joint on these big joint shows, maybe you no know, maybe like some something like something like that would be inter- would be interesting and that goes to, and that's starting to get into the whole conversation of like why aren't there women on New Japan shows but like no I, I thought about it I was watching it. it's like oh you know what this like it's pretty co- it's pretty cool to see um 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 Yamashita in uh, Yuka Sakazaki on the same card as a Junakiyama versus Arashima, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This was proof of concept to where, like, yeah, a cyber fight, semi regular, maybe you could do it like quarterly or something like that. Like, shows would not be a bad thing, and would probably just help to build the brand and like make the cyber agent cyber fight brand like a bigger deal. Um, moving forward and tons of great wrestling and i think that you can you can because they're separate you can kind of do a a good job of like making like stuff matter and then also like not having it be like glaringly like question like why people don't interact more like why certain people are at certain levels and that they don't ever wrestle each other and stuff like that like because you have the separate brands so yeah i think that uh could definitely make uh make this a more regular thing and it would be a good thing and honestly it would even at the length like you could definitely shorten this up but it would be it's still a little bit better having something like this instead of uh like the really like six hour long ddt shows because at least you get like you mix it up a little bit more see some different faces and stuff like that you know what i mean and like you're talking about the Tosio joshi pro stuff like having different matches and and different wrestlers so i would definitely want to see more of this um so yeah, I guess that's it from me. Anything else you wanted to uh, hit on before we head out? Uh, no. Yeah, this uh, think thinking about that just pissed me off again. I'm gonna go watch this Sons versus Nuggets game okay. <laughs> and just relax, and not think about this. Yeah, that's probably for the best. I'm gonna probably go. Uh, I don't even know what we're watching. We just watched Halston. That was pretty decent. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go do something else. Oh, I think I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm going to go check out this Beyond show. That'll really uh, brighten up my mood. Um, anyways, Quinn. Oh, I guess shout out. Got to give credit for the uh, news notes and all that to the underscore Korwu. Um, I tweeted, I put it in the description last time, but I messed up the first time I plugged it. Michinoku Pro ENG. The Twitter actually spells out Michinoku Pro. It's not Michi Pro. I misread or misunderstood the message. So just FYI, go check that out. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Quit. Uh, say goodbye to the people. Well, we'll back. We'll be back for you with you guys next week, and we'll find something to watch. Um, we'll uh, re- we'll review Monday Night Raw next week. <laughs> um, but thank you all for listening, and hope you're here next time. <laughs>